everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Title Town Sports Podcast. We're recording on Monday, January 28th. So we are officially six days away from the Super Bowl. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm Melissa Burns. I am Craig Stanton, and we're happy to be here. It's like for Super Bowl week. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I'm pumped. Happy to be here. Yeah. Super Bowl week. It's finally here. Well, it's not. Uh, but the Super Bowl, the, the week, week before the Super the Bowl is finally We've here. made it through that dead weekend in the schedule. <laughs> yeah. I see. I feel like this is the dead weekend starting now. Dead week. Like, I'm ready for them to play the game. Like, I've yeah. listened to a week of, like, bullshit. I've right. read a week of bullshit. Like, yeah. I'm ready. Let's yeah. go. Drop the puck. Nobody has as any. As it were. <laughs> Nobody really has anything left to say. They're just going to kind of retread. Oh, yeah. A lot of the sports stations are down in Atlanta now, so they just do a lot of interviews with, like, people on Radio Row. Random passersby. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about what happened this week so we can then get into the brass tacks of the Super Bowl here. Let's. Uh, So, speaking of the Patriots, they officially landed in Atlanta for Super Bowl 53 versus the Rams. Um, the Pats head into their week of practice and pomp and circumstance fully healthy with no one listed on the injury report. That's amazing. Um, they held a farewell rally at Gillette stadium and just about 35,000 people showed up to see them off, which was just a, a huge turnout for people there. Um, and then, you know, whatever the pro bowl happened. Yeah, like, also, also the pro bowl um, happened. yeah, whatever. Did you, was I the only one that was like shocked by how many people went to that rally? No, I was like holy shit when i saw pictures it was like more people there than at the inauguration (laughs) (laughs) yeah that overhead shot (laughs) but like where have they done it in the past because they haven't done it in the stadium no they do it but it's not like like a city hall plaza no it's It's at patriot place yeah it's in the plaza in front of the patriots hall of fame usually oh oh like at the bottom of those steps yeah yeah hmm yeah that's that's gotta only hold like i don't know ten thousand. like depending on how far back the crowd goes in the parking lot yeah, yeah. it's wild yeah. where's our fucking invite i would have gone you would have i don't know i Maybe. wouldn't have gone i can't imagine they charge people right no, no it was free it was yeah. free to get in you got to see the players like tom brady threw a microphone at scott zolak whatever didn't catch it saw that no <laughs> anyways Good whatever move. um all right well on to the hockey team uh outside of david pasternak the boston bruins have been enjoying their uh 10-day all-star break this week pasternak obviously the only all-star to get into the team uh, they're going to return to action on Tuesday night uh, at home versus the Winnipeg Jets. And they complete the week with games against the Flyers, Capitals, and Islanders. No like official word on uh, Tuka Rask, who was concussed last week in that game against the Rangers. Uh, but David Pasternak at the All-Star game was asked about it, and he said that he texted Tuka, and Tuka said he's feeling good. <laughs> So we have that. Take that with what you <laughs> We have that piece of news. Uh, okay. Uh, over to the Celtics. They had their five-game win streak snapped uh, by those defending champions, the Golden State Warriors, over the weekend. Um, 115-111 was the final on that one. And it was definitely a litmus test for the Seas, uh, who actually put forth a solid effort. And, you know, it was actually close coming down to the last couple oh, minutes yeah, of the game. It definitely kind of fell apart in the last like minute or so of that fourth quarter, but they had a couple big comebacks. They played hard. They looked good. But again, it's just more of that like up and down from the Celtics Mm. where don't really know where to put them so far this year. Yeah. I can't wait to hear Celtics fans pat themselves on the back for like 
hanging in there with the champs <laughs> yeah. this week. Like it shows that we're one of the best teams Whoa, in the league. It's like, yes, you established you're one of the best yeah, teams in the league like right. four years ago. And you crushed the shitty Cleveland Cavaliers and like some other no-name teams that you should have yeah. beat up on all week. So, uh, And on to the Red Sox. Really, the only thing that happened this week didn't have much to do with them as a team, but uh, due to the uh, prolonged shutdown of the federal government, uh, the Red Sox had to reschedule their uh, customary World Series champion White House visit from sometime like in a couple of weeks. It was supposed to be yeah, like February, February 13th, 13th or 15th. 15th. Yeah, sure. Uh, and now it's going to be May 9th, which is a little strange because that will be during the season. Yeah, I hate it. So the 2019 Red Sox will be playing meaningful baseball games and then they're going to have to reassemble the 2018 Red Sox, those of them that decide to go to the White House. Yeah. On like an off day. Right. Which might not be an off day for every other team. Yeah. Right. Like that their players have now gone off to. Uh, Moogie Betts also said he won't go. Yes. He already came saw out that. and said that. He's out. We should set an over under on how many players will go. I know. Yeah. We talked about this before. It's like a little strange baseball. A lot of good old boys in that league. Yeah, there are. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. A lot of Johnny Gomes running around. Yeah, seriously. Anyway. So that's basically what's happening this week. Not a whole lot other than Super Bowl hype uh and if i mean if you care about all-star games i guess you can talk about that but we don't so we don't care at all about that um all right so melissa let's do it i want to start by just do you have any other uh follow-up thoughts from the afc championship game the nfc championship we didn't really talk much about the like pi non-call at the end of the saints game thing you know what's funny i saw somebody like recreated that like moment in madden oh they like Saints Rams, yeah. Time in the game, same like they like managed it to get to like the same down and distance with like the same amount of time and ran that play and yeah. like controlled the one guy to like knock the shit out of the other oh, dude. Positive fear, flag. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know. I, one one thing I want to get your thoughts on is there's been a whole bunch of like bullshit this past week about like the Saints coaches, players, management, ownership, talking to various NFL league brass about sure. like what happened. Basically, the NFL is like, yeah, we fucked up. Sorry. Right. It happens. And then there's something that's going to be discussed in the offseason with like the rules committee, whatever, about yeah. whether or not that is going to be a challengeable play. We talked a little bit about this last week, yep. but what do you think? Well, so, I I mean, I guess in terms of what happened in that Saints game, the problem would be, can you review a non-call? Because the flag wasn't thrown. Right. So, even if that had been... The penalty flag that is not yeah, a challenge. Yeah. Um, right. The yellow flag wasn't thrown. So, <laughs> even if that had been a rule, like that PI was challengeable by the coach... Can you can you challenge right. when there's a when there's not a call on the play? And I think that would be really hard to do. Like, how would you regulate that? People would be throwing the flag and being like, "I think this happened." <laughs> like, okay. Like, yeah. At what point do you then like draw the line? And I guess you know you have a limit to the number of challenges, so I guess that inherently like slows that down. Mm -hmm. um, you'd have to be really sure. It'd have to be a pretty egregious miss. But I, you know. I don't know if it's the right thing or not. I kind of think all plays should be reviewable like or challengeable. Like I'm the coach. I should get to decide what I think is the turning point in the game. There has to be a call for me to challenge. Yeah. I, I'm generally a fan of the you. They're your challenges. Right. Like use if I was rewriting the rules, I would say they're your challenges. Use them as you see fit. But you have to be specific about 
So if you're challenging a play because you think there should have been a penalty, you can't just say, rewatch that play on replay yeah. in slow-mo and just look at every player and make sure nobody committed a foul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd have to say, like, this player on this player, this specific penalty. So you, like, yeah, you yeah. as the coach would have to be like, I think that number 28 committed a pass interference or penalty against number 18. Like, look at that. Yep. I also think, though, that if you're going to like open it up to that, um, you'd have to do two things. One would be, I don't think the 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 consequences of losing the challenge if you're going to open up the amount of things you can challenge because like think about this on any given fucking like long play right if you're a coach you're like fuck that sucked might as well throw my challenge flag right. to see if there was a hold right or something right you can you can have a coach basically watch the offensive line on every single play to let them know if there's a hold you can there's say yeah 70, 75 might have held you know yeah. what i mean whatever so i think you'd have to make the one the consequence of being wrong steeper like, fuck it. If someone throws like a 70 yard touchdown bomb and there's seven points on the board and I have to like risk losing a timeout to get that touchdown erased by like throwing a challenge on some poor offensive lineman, fat guy, like that's a pretty worthwhile uh, risk. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't High know, reward. you could do something with like down and distance or whatever. Like maybe you like, I don't know, lose yardage off your next starting point on the field. Like, I'm not going to get into like all the myriad yeah. ways you could like punish a coach for being wrong, but like losing the one time out to me doesn't feel like steep enough if you're going to open up the different permutations of what you can challenge. Well, I think they also have to be careful because you still only get two challenges and then a third if you're right on both. Like I would just keep that. Yeah, you keep your challenge if you're correct, right? Um, You keep, if you're right, so you get two challenges to start and then my understanding is if you're right, you get a third one, oh, but you, so you don't have only, unlimited. Right. You can only do three total in yeah. best case scenario. Gotcha. Right. So when I think that helps, because now if I'm the coach, I'm like, do I want to risk it here? Like, what if there's something more egregious later on? I guess in the last two minutes, though, if I hadn't used any, I'd be like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, like the egregious, you bring up the word egregious, like that would be the other thing too, is like, I think the standard for overturning stuff like that, particularly with penalties would have to be like really, really high. stiff. Yeah. Right. Like, so like you could even say like no holds or something like that. You could yeah. like write that in. Like, that's right. fine. Like, you can't challenge holding. Like that's whatever. Like that. Cause that's just one of those things on that happens every in every play. play. But I, I generally like, I'm okay with the idea of like, you can challenge anything at any time. It's your fucking challenges. Yeah. That's how I think it should be too. Like if somebody fucked up, you should be able to say right. you fucked up. Like that's wrong. Right. And that's right? fine. Like you're, a person, people make mistakes, but like, I, I can see what you did wrong. Let me, why can't we fix it yeah, right yeah, now yeah. in the moment? Like you, you built in that mechanism right. via the challenge flag. Right. It's like, seems weird that it would be limited that you can't challenge certain shit. What about the idea of like there being someone like in New York or up in the booth that is kind of watching for those things and like calls down. So it's not even a challenge by the coach. It's almost like a challenge by the NFL directly that says like, hey, hold on, you missed something. Like we got to call it back. Yeah, I, I I generally am a fan of that idea of like eye in the sky type of thing. Cause like, honestly, like the refs on the field, like they're fucking retirees watching like split second lightning fast actions right. transpire and trying to, to dissect them in over. real time. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I like the eye in the sky thing, but I don't like the eye in the sky to throw flags. I don't okay. know. Like, I just feel like you would be... Like I'm, a, I fucking hate anytime that there's a flag like away from the ball. Like yeah. I think that always like that one of those J.C. Jackson pass interferences yeah. from the AFC Championship game was like, you know, Pat Mahomes takes the slap, takes the snap. He's looking right, he's looking right, he throws right, and it was incomplete. 
Meanwhile, way off to his left at a receiver he wasn't even fucking looking at, he got like washed out by JC Jackson and like there's a flag where it's like, come on, really? Fuck. It has nothing to do with the flag. So I think if you put an eye in the sky, like you'd get a lot more of that stuff. Yeah. Which I don't like. You'd get more calls. But I think for the the review, like that head official on the field, like trotting over to the little booth is stupid. So like, yeah, you want to fucking call New York for that? That's great. Right. Yeah. Why can't you just have like a body of people in New York? I guess because it's like nameless, faceless, but like. Who cares? So is the ref on the field. Like, yeah, what am yeah, I going to do to that guy? He's that neutral. Um, any follow-up thoughts from the AFC side? Nothing that stood out to me. Like, I'm just excited that the Patriots are heading to the Super Bowl healthy. I think it's been a long time since that's happened. Yeah, and so the fact sure. that they came out of that tough game against Kansas City and, like, were, you know, maintained health and are, like, ready to go, I think they are more pumped than we've ever seen them. Well, than we've seen them in a long time heading into a Super Bowl. Yeah, you've you've noticed that too then? Yeah. So, like, I, I feel like I've definitely noticed more sort of, like, jubilation on the part of the Patriots, like really starting from like the second they won the gr- the game last week, Brady taking the helmet off, jumping around the field. He was like swearing yeah. his ass off in the post game interview. Like, I know I liked it. Those are hard to find now because they've probably been like scrubbed from the fucking archives yeah. on like uh, NBC, CBS or whatever. But like he's like swearing up and down, like doing all this crazy ass shit. Like I, there was definitely a vibe of like, holy crap. Which is sort of interesting because, like, the Patriots are obviously perennial, like, right. Super Bowl it's contenders, not if time. not favorites. Right. Like, so it was, it was definitely interesting to hear them and watch them react in sort of that, like, who'd have thunk it? Here we are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> These major underdogs coming through. It's They're acting like it's 2001 again. I know. Like, where they had no chance of going. And it's interesting because it's starting to have an impact on the fans, too. Like, the fact that 35,000 people showed up for a rally for the Patriots to go to their ninth and third in a row. Super Bowl yeah. and third in a row is, like... Ho hum! Like, of course we went to the Super Bowl. We always go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I think they're like, yeah, fuck everybody. Attitude is rubbing off on everybody. Else. Yeah. Oh, I I totally agree. They're like and I creating mean, their own hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's gonna. I mean, I would hope that it serves them well. Yeah. I mean, they definitely were underdogs in the Kansas City game. They didn't have a good road record this year. The Kansas City was a better team, sure. wire to wire. Like, so it's like it makes sense that they would be like hype after that game. But it's like you're still the Patriots, boys. Right. Like, you're basically favored. <laughs> Every day. And every game. <laughs> you know. And so like I heard some stat out of Vegas that something like 80% of the money is coming in on the Patriots. Wow. Like. And they're favored in the game, right? They're favored in the game. Yeah. But like people are just like, oh, fuck. Oh, forget it. Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the Patriots. But I definitely, I, I'm enjoying the vibe for sure. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's definitely different. It's not like the like business trip like yeah. you know we, we just know, gotta we've like take care of we've been here before yeah. we know what we're doing and i think last year against the eagles you know m- maybe they underestimated the nick Foles, you know led eagles mm. at that time and you know maybe that made them change their mentality a little bit and they are taking it a little more uh, yeah that seriously. that part i would hope so kyle van noy was interviewed this week you may have heard it he, he had some like interesting comments about like the vibe versus last year. And he basically was like, yeah, last year we got like, we were humbled. Like we were, he used the term humbled and he was like, yeah, we expected to win that game and we didn't win that game. And yeah. like, we were back this year and trying to fucking atone for that, which is not unusual to hear from any player on any team in any sport, in any league <laughs> that is back in the championship game after losing the previous year's championship game. Yeah. But like as a, a Patriot, to talk about last year's Super Bowl before this year's Super Bowl, like that's like yeah, we don't do that. Unheard of. Yeah, it makes sense. Like yeah, you should be thinking about and that. I was thinking, you were embarrassed. They were. They absolutely were. And I was thinking too, like just in my mind's eye, like I haven't like looked at the roster, but once I heard that, I was like, who are the players? Like who's new? 
And it's not that many no. people. It's basically, the, for, like off the top of my head, I can think of Sony Michelle, who obviously just got drafted, mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson, who they signed in the offseason, mm-hmm. Adrian Claiborne, Jason McCourty. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like the entire offense yeah. is the same. That are like real start every day. Yeah, starters. that are like impactful yeah, yeah. players. But like, I can't think of a linebacker or a safety or a corner that's new. Uh, other than McCourty or some like uh, and JC Jackson, JC whatever. Jackson, but like yeah. the the point is, is that the vast majority of the team and the coaching staff like had, did a meaningful coach leave uh, between Patricia. last year. Patricia, right? Of course, big one, <laughs> big one. Uh, but how yeah, quickly I mean, we forgot though, because Brian Flores' defense is sick. It's so better, much, so it's much more better. fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, b- basically, this is the same fucking team. Like yeah. pretty much, with like, obviously like year to year, there's going to be changes, but like. I just found it fascinating that he like said that. It, I'm I'm glad to hear it. Like yeah, it's good. Right. Yes, this should be you know much in the same way that the Atlanta 28 to three Super Bowl was a fuck you for suspending Tom Brady for like taking a half a psi out of a football. Yeah, like that was part of that team's mentality. And th- last year Super Bowl 52 against the Eagles should totally be a part of this team's mentality. I think that's fucking yeah. They great. should be. Think- yeah, I 100 percent agree. And they shouldn't be taking it for granted. And they should be like we overcame odds this year. Like they didn't just roll teams. And so I think definitely not. they actually faced adversity this year, which isn't something that they're used to. And I think it's a good thing for them. It probably brought them together more as a team and made them appreciate where they're at. Yeah. A little bit more. Something that's been fascinating me all week mm-hmm. is just like how small the margins are in these games. Yeah. Where like, I've been thinking about that D Ford offsides play like over and over yeah. again. So is D Ford. Like, <laughs> Um, and like, so just again, for anybody that like, hasn't like gone back and rewatched or whatever, but like, this was the Brady drive with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're down by three. They obviously marched down the field and score a touchdown, which then led to the Kansas city field goal, which led to overtime, blah, blah, blah. But this is in that fourth quarter drive where they're down two minutes left. And on a third and 10, Brady throws a ball to Rob Gronkowski that pops off his hands, goes basically straight up in the air and it's an interception going the other way. Like had that so like let's just live in a world first in the second where d ford lines up six inches back from where he actually lined up yeah like what are we talking about like we're talking about brady throws three interceptions in an afc championship game they still can't win on the road their defense let them come back their defense let kansas city back into the game couldn't make a play when he needed to that's the biggest one like a lot of people myself included are sort of thinking that this might be gronk's last year like imagine if that was the last play of rob gronkowski's football career yeah, we would be talking oh, about him God. not not being a Hall of Famer. Right. And like the whole the whole like narrative around the team, like, oh, Br- like, you know, it's the type of things that people say every year. And eventually they'll be right. Like, sure. oh, the dynasty's over and yeah, Brady's over the hill that's and blah, 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 blah. Like, but like what's fascinating to me is that effectively it did happen. Like it 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 happened. It just didn't count. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the game ended right there. Like we died. It happened. Best I player on the it. field that day. D4. <laughs> and then the flag goes up and it's all a race. And it's just like crazy to me how the difference in like the timelines, yeah. as it were, to use like a sci-fi term, in like the one reality where D Ford backs up, it's over. The 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 dynasty's crumbling rome is right. burning it's over we're fucked right kansas city is the new elite of the afc yes exactly sean McVay is the new bill belichick pat mahomes is the new tom brady like yeah out with the old in with the new and then over here in this timeline that we fortunately are living in <laughs> thank god it's still here not over <laughs> go fuck yourself back in the super bowl three in a row four to the last five yeah. fuck you like yeah. oh my god it's crazy to me it's just crazy how it- like 
I told you last week, like when they, so on the following play was that like Gronk play down the sideline when he caught it over Eric Berry's head. Like I couldn't enjoy that play until like five minutes later. <laughs> because it was so stressful. I was still recovering from uh, the, yeah. from the, the that, fact that I had just seen like the season end. Oh, the game ended. Uh, yeah. We all felt the same way watching that happen. You see that ball bounce off Gronk's hands, land beautifully into that. I don't even know who <laughs> Some intercepted fucking it. Guy, Some yeah, guy. I don't know. And you're just like, it was like a head in hands like oh it's true yeah i like shattered into glass (laughs) (laughs) patriots nation everywhere just like crumbled it was brutal and then the glory of that flag it's crazy and i I bet in kansas city they are still complaining about that flag but it was a pretty obvious call like it wasn't i don't think they're complaining about that they're complaining about flags probably generally but that one i mean Thankfully, thank God. Imagine, here's another thing I've been thinking about this week. Too much time on my hands. There's, there's. Get those guys to work. Just think about the fucking outrage that the whole country would be experiencing if the outcome of the Saints game, the ref, the non-call, happened in the Patriots game. Like, imagine if that, like, if, if the, let's put it this way. If the penalty that called that interception play back was not an objective he's clearly offsides and the ref actually to his credit threw the flag well before the interception before the ball was even thrown as soon as the ball was snapped he just threw it but like thank god for the sake of patriots fans everywhere that that was like an objective penalty that like you can see it wasn't a it wasn't a pi if it was a late flag for a p or something like that or if it was that like any uh, sort of uh, controversy at at all you know the play they're talking about is the uh the roughing the passer yeah thank you i couldn't think of the roughing the yeah. passer the like phantom yeah which was a bad i mean it was a bad sure call but for you're sure, a but. star quarterback in the league right like you're gonna get the benefit of the doubt and get the call so if you can sell it a little bit and like whip your head back as that guy's hand comes near you i don't know why i just did that to demonstrate it for you the but, whipping of the hand back <laughs> yeah, yeah. head back um it like you're you're gonna get the call yeah, you're yeah, fucking yeah. Tom Brady. i mean they're gonna complain about what they're gonna complain about like, that's yeah. fine but oh man just i've been fascinated uh-huh. by like you know the what if the divergent timelines of like what if d4 just backed up like that's like crazy that's like some like back <laughs> the, to the future like get out the almanac type shit the best thing that i heard this week was um some of the mic'd up audio that came out after mm-hmm. and d4 oh, <laughs> yes. poor d4 do you hear him go over the sideline they said i was they said i was off sides was i off sides and someone just hands him the tablet and it's like oh poor but like i felt uh, kind of bad yeah yeah was i really like <laughs> was i yeah that's pretty good and it's like yeah dude you are i don't know that's just those are my those are my follow-up thoughts from last week but that's basically all i got yeah. for that so let's talk about the game upcoming. Yeah, let's. I'm excited. What do you think? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Who are you picking in the game? I'm this picking is our up- last episode for the Super Bowl. Oh my god, feels far away now, but we're not going to be able to get on get on the podcast no, before. No, we don't. The shit's enough to talk about. The shit's settled. Uh, I I feel optimistic. I feel cautiously optimistic. I like their chances heading in. I got money on the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, cautiously optimistic. I feel the same way. I've been basically terrified going into every week, and it's worked out. Yeah, so far, I was terrified of the Chargers. I was terrified of the Chiefs. Me too. Us, yeah, we all were. We picked the. I picked the Patriots to win in both those games, but I was like, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but only because I felt like I couldn't pick against their history in some ways, and I just feel like the same way the Patriots feel about last year's Super Bowl. I also feel that internally too. Oh like, God, I was too optimistic going into that Super Bowl. And it was oh, so oh, oh, you mean then? I thought you meant now. No, no. I, like, 
they were so confident. We were all so confident. Like, yeah. come on, fucking Eagles. What are you kidding me? And then th- when they won, it was so like. Well, in fairness to us, what? we had thought that all of our best defensive players were going to play in the game. But I digress. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Don't go back. Don't go back. So I've got a few reasons to be optimistic and a few reasons to be nervous. Uh, where do you, where do you think we should start? Nervous. We'll end on a positive note. All right. Start with the negativity. Yeah. I think that uh, the, and this is sort of a similar thing to the Chiefs a little bit, but like, I do think that the diversity of weapons that the Rams offense has is like a little scary. Like, but they just, they, they don't, the Patriots are really good at dealing with offenses that have like one, you know. No doubt about it, like home run hitter on sure. their office. And they're they're good about they actually do it on defense too, but they're good about like picking someone and neutralizing them and saying, Yeah, okay, you know who to put Gilmore other team. On, you have to, you know, beat us with your second best option because we're taking away Tyreek Hill last week, or we're taking away Keenan Allen two weeks ago, or you know, any fucking sure. Antonio Brown or whoever the fuck it might be. Yeah. But I mean, the Rams don't really have that. I mean, they have Todd Gurley, who's obviously a huge star, but you can't really take the running back out of the game. Well, He's also a little he, banged up. Well, so here's weird, what's weird about that. He's not on the injury report, mm. but he clearly didn't play in the second half of the game against the Saints. Right. So something was going on. Same can be said about Sonny Michelle. True. But yeah, something something is definitely going on something, with Todd Gurley. I mean, they they picked up CJ Anderson. He's been getting like the majority of the workload. Right. So I just, from a defensive standpoint, like I have... Uh, I have some reservations about that. That's very similar to the Eagles last year where it's like they do spread the ball around. They don't rely too much on the like, you know, out of his fucking boobs performance of like one individual talent. Like that is tough, I think. Well, yeah, it certainly gives you more to think about from a defensive scheme. I think they can kind of eliminate the running game, though, with, you know, good defensive line play. They have been. And and they've been good at, at kind of slowing that down. They haven't necessarily faced a run heavy offense. Right in the playoffs yet. Um, but like, I, I think that they can mitigate that with some like solid, you know, blocking of, yeah, them. just committing to it and yeah. going for it, just but- knowing it's going to happen and saying like, so maybe you don't rush the pass passer as often because you know, you need to be watching for the mm. run. I also can heard- also mitigate the run by getting a lead. Yeah. Yeah. Make a play true. from behind. That's a good point too. Um, I also heard an interesting theory, um, about how the defense could respond to this offense in that, you know, Jared Goff is not calling a play from the line. Like he does not have the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady ability to read the defense and react right. accordingly. The head coach, Sean McVay, in his ear, telling him what to call. do. So, you know, the Patriots could wait until the 15 second mark on the play clock where the headphones turn off and just for for the people that are listening that may not know so you have what 25 seconds to the play clock is 25 seconds on any given play in the nfl the coach and quarterback can talk can communicate via like microphones and radios in their helmets for the first 15 seconds but then it shuts off i think so sean mcvay i think it's 15 okay uh sean mcvay can be chatting in jared goff's ear for 15 seconds but then it shuts off and for the final 10 seconds jared goff is on his own right so the patriots could Show one look. their defense. Yeah. I mean, that or would just be, be very like amoeba ish. Yeah. And do that. I mean, we haven't, we saw it a little bit two weeks ago, I think, where they did that defense where they don't kind of line up. up the bus stop defense yeah. where they're all just kind of standing around, around and they either like rush forward and blitz or they drop back to pass. But it's impossible to know based on what their posture doing. or positioning because they're just kind of fucking standing there. Yeah. Which is like the ballsiest looking defense. It's awesome. Time. Yeah. They're just, like, they're just looming. It's yeah. Great. Like, 
we're coming at you one way or another, but you don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah. And that could really. That's like the Kyle Van Noy special. He'll like mill around, mill around, mill around, snap. The ball will snap and he'll hang. He'll take like one step backwards and then just charge forward. Right. And it's been Knock like people awesome. down. And you have momentum on your side when you're going that way yeah, too. So he's when great you hit the, the line, like, you're like powering through yeah, totally. that offensive line. So, you know, that's another way that they could. Yeah, the 15 second thing. Rhythm. I'm fascinated by that 15 second um, thing. I'm really curious to see Someone what they like do Bill there. Belichick to see how they use it. On the other side, though, like Sean McVay could be smart and make sure you snap the ball quick. Right. right? Like yeah, go quick. The, the other part, the other side of that argument is like there's no obligation to let the right, play clock run down. You can just snap it at 15 seconds, seconds yeah. you know. So. so we'll see about that. But if they're just like do yeah, doing that mill around, like non-committal yeah. defense, that could really fuck up Jared Goff. And mm-hmm. the and then the running game, because he's gonna be Unsure. Yeah, if you don't know where to go with the ball, right? Totally. The running back doesn't know where to go, where the hole's going to be. So that's yeah, that's so that's a little that's an optimistic reason to think that we. Might <laughs> I'm sorry, be I okay. said to start negative. And no, it's okay. Like, my let only, me counterpoint your negativity. My <laughs> only, I actually have more optimistic thoughts than I do oh. negative ones. My other negative one is a little bit of like an overarching take. Is just that like the Patriots, and I don't really like comparing them to like previous versions of themselves. We're at a point now with this Patriots dynasty mm-hmm. that there's just so much data yeah. that we are we are almost like we can't help ourselves but compare them to previous versions of themselves because there's just so much stuff you right, know that's right. been the same coach same quarterback for fucking 20 years almost so like it's, it's it's hard to like prevent yourself from doing that but anyways the patriots have never been like oh just wait till the postseason and like flip a switch like i've heard the, heard the flip a switch term a lot over the last couple weeks yeah and they've just never been a flip switch. They've never been flip switchers. <laughs> switch switch <flip> flippers. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to say. <laughs> they've never been switch flippers. They've always, in in their best years where they've won it all, they've generally, I don't care about the division titles because they're obviously going to win the division because the division, yeah, the division sucks, sucks. But they've just been playing really well pretty much all through December, pretty much all through January. Right. We talked a few weeks ago about those like J- December at home stats, whatever. And like this year, you know, they lose to Miami, they lose to Pittsburgh, they lose Josh Gordon. And it was sort of like, they're kind of waffling there. Mm-hmm. They had two really good games at the end of the regular season against the Jets and the Bills, neither of whom had anything sure. to play for, but right. they looked really good in those games. So it was like, okay, is this, Maybe? is this a switch being flipped? I don't know. And they obviously blow doors against the Chargers and look really good enough to win anyways against the Chiefs. So it's like my, I guess my fear is, is that like, do they turn back into a pumpkin in the Super Bowl? Yeah, who Because I just, I still, the reason I'm still terrified week in, week out is because they haven't until very recently demonstrated the ability to like look like a dominant team or or play and execute like a dominant dominant team. Like, I don't know. I just don't trust the <laughs> switch flipping. Yeah. You're, Flip, ner- you're nervous. No, switch flipping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like, I think that that's why we're cautiously optimistic, right? Because you still, you don't forget what they looked like in those games against good teams earlier in December. Like, we're not even talking about September games here. We're not talking about... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like, we're talking about December games, which is not normally something that we have to, like, reflect on so close to this time of year Mm -hmm. and be like, well, who's going to show up again? Yeah, and I'm not saying that they can't be switch flippers but like i've just never seen it like right, you know we've seen style. it in like the nba for example sure. right like lebron james Turn it on will literally the tell the press he's like i don't care about the regular season right. only the playoffs matter so what if we're the three seed i'll see you in the finals and he's right so like if, right. if this was that i'd be like yeah i don't give a shit because he's demonstrated the ability well, to just turn right. it on in the playoffs and, and like that's fine seven games to do it you know the exactly. patriots have one 
Exactly. So like, it, you know, th- I'm not saying they're not capable of it. It's just ne- it's never been who they are. Yeah. And it appears to be now where they were kind of an okay team, you know, benefiting from playing in a soft division and like didn't really look great down the stretch mm-hmm. until those last two games against meaningless opponents. And then like, bang, here we are divisional round. And that was like, the best I've seen them look versus the charge. The best I've seen them look since the second half of the Atlanta Super Bowl. At least that was my original takeaway i haven't really given that much more thought but anyways i don't know the Uh, switch flipping makes me nervous yeah i don't really have a counterpoint to that i i think that is the reason to be nervous about this game is like who's going to show up on the field and you know do they have the ability to play great for three games in a row against you know high quality opponents like uh, we didn't see that all year so like i don't know fucking bills in week 17 all right you want to talk optimism i do go ahead Um, well, I know. I think the thing I'm the most optimistic about is the way that they've managed to kind of scheme and game plan differently this year than they have in the past. Mm -hmm. Like they have, I feel like for the first time in a few years, they've actually been playing a more well-rounded version of football. You look at the way the running game's getting involved. You look at the way their pass game is still strong. I think in that first drive in the Kansas city game, it was like 50, 50, pass versus run totally and so i just think that keeps kind of defenses on their toes you know and i think it it really shows like how they've evolved and how they've become more dynamic and it doesn't need to just be the tom brady show to prove that he's the best right like you can win in many different ways and and this is a solid way that you're gonna be able to like you know get points on the board run clock down Mm -hmm. have a good first half yeah it's also nice to be able to say you know, what's the what's the most glaring weakness on this Patriots team? I'm not saying they don't have any, the kicker. but the answer is not obvious. <laughs> we'll get to him. You know what I mean? Like where like in previous years, you've been like, the defense. Can I say the defense? Is the answer the yeah, defense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> teacher, yeah. like it's definitely the defense. Yeah, they can't right? cover. They're fucked. Julian Edelman plays cornerback. Like, you know, so like there's been times where that's been right. the situation and like they can run. They can pass. They can defend. They can, they go, can rush the passer. Right, yeah, they can do it. Like they're a they're a good team that can do these things. Yeah, short pass, nice. long pass. Like we saw Brady in that Kansas City game, like you know, dinking and dunking a little to the line. But then we also saw him like nailing third and tens, just yeah, like yeah. cruising down the field. Totally. And that's like you just have so many options and so many weapons at your disposal that you know you you don't feel like any thing is insurmountable yeah for like, sure you don't look at that third and ten and think like fuck we're turning the ball over one reason another reason i have uh to feel good is uh robert gronkowski i feel like all i ever say about rob gronkowski is keep him healthy put him on ice put him in bubble wrap yeah, just yeah. make it make it make it like survive and like I actually think they did that this year. I mean, there, there. You can theorize all, all, all you want about like why is it that Gronk had the year that he had, which is basically the worst year statistically since his rookie season. Yeah, and maybe he was hurt, or maybe he was out of it. Maybe he was pissed about contract. Who the fuck knows? I, I don't know. But what I do know is that they managed to keep him relatively healthy, and like now, this is the dream scenario: <laughs> one game, sixty minutes of football. <laughs> Where like this is like for the first this is like the first time I've ever like said these words and meant it. It's like unleash Gronk. Like every empty the the bucket, empty the bucket with Gronk. Everything you've got, send him on as many suicide slants across the middle of the field where some defender is going to try to take his head off. Like this is the game where you do that shit. 
and you fucking let it roll. Wow, you give and no if he fucks. dies, he dies. <laughs> oh <my laughs> like, god. Whatever happens. Oh my god. No, obviously I don't want him to die. But like <laughs> no. it, it you know, so much of what we've been conditioned to root for with Rob Gronkowski is conservative and like right. don't get hurt. Don't concerned get hurt. about his longevity and his health first and his performance on the field second. But it's like, here we are. This is it. This yeah. is the dream. This is the one game where you can fucking let him run wild. Yeah. And and, and I think he will. I, well, and I think it is a smart play if they do it, too, because do you think that the Rams defense is prepared for Gronk to be unleashed based on the way the year's gone? Like, probably not. They would have to make some adjustments. Yeah. I mean, in-game. they're silly if they don't take well, seriously the, the possibility uh, that he could run wild. But you're right. I mean, like, and scheme against it can be two very different. For sure. Things. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could see an opening drive that's just braided a Gronk down the field, the whole thing. And the yeah. Rams just like, fuck. And you saw <laughs> it, you saw it in the chiefs game, like down the stretch. Like I was yelling at my television for a variety of reasons. But one of the reasons was <laughs> like, why like they converted like a thousand third and longs in that game, yeah. which is generally not a great way to live. No, particularly on the road, not a happy place. And like, that's just not, that's just not how you draw it up. And I was furious with like the play calling on first and second down, because there was a lot of Cordero Patterson, there was a lot of Rex Burkhead, and I was like yelling at like you. Do you see the difference when you <laughs> use your star players? Like, do you see the difference between throwing the ball to Julian Edelman versus throwing the ball to Cordero Patterson? Like, it's the difference between a completed pass for a first down and a drop. Like, come on. So like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll get so worked up there. I forget what my point was. But like, I th- there was a, there was a visible difference in the end of that game. Yeah. In crunch time between getting the ball to Gronk and Edelman versus getting the ball to literally anybody, anybody else. else. Like, so th- he, these are your guys. Like, those are your centerpieces. You've got two like just massive pillars of your offense there with Brady and the ball in his hands. Like, yeah. and I think that that is a reason that I feel good about this game. Like, those two guys like are fucking presumably dialed in and healthy and like ready to fucking blast some asses yeah i i think it will be a very different game hopefully than last year i you know i would love for it to just be a blowout yeah like i don't want a 28-3 comeback i didn't i didn't like that no no, it's not good for my heart no i i don't want them to lose like last year (laughs) i just want also bad them to get up stay up we can just enjoy the night you know yeah well that's (laughs) that's what i was saying last year too i was like you know of all these super bowls that we've been to there's never been one that's just like a walkover. Yeah. What win or lose? I, They're all right, every single tight, one down have come la- down to the uh, last play of the and game. And you're like, no. I mean, I guess that is what you anticipate happening in the Super Bowl, right? Like theoretically, you have the two best teams playing. It should be a close game. Yeah. One of them shouldn't just. But sometimes it's drown not. The other just not team. when the Patriots are involved. Yeah, the fucking Patriots like have to make it interesting. Every I mean, when Peyton time. Manning won the last one, Super Bowl Fifty, like they it was against the Panthers, like they fucking blew them out. Like it wasn't close. The year that the Seahawks beat the Broncos, like they blew them out too. Like it was yeah, like, well, un- I want one of those. I want a blowout. Non-competitive Super Bowls are like not that uncommon. Just for Patriots fans, every <laughs> single one is a fucking heart attack. I, yeah, I just want to be able to sit on my couch, eat some buffalo chicken dip, maybe a piece of pizza. And, and like, just chill in the second yeah, half, like the Chargers yeah. game. And just enjoy the ride and get ready for the confetti to fall. That's all I fucking want. Is It'd that too good. much to ask? It'd be nice. It would God be nice. It. I don't think you're going to get it, but it would be nice. <laughs> so one more question for you. <laughs> yes. Uh, regarding the Rams and the Patriots, yeah. but we're going to pick later on. Oh, okay. Uh, do you put any, like, how do you feel about the whole, like, the fact that it's the Rams and like in 01, it was the Rams and now it's the Rams again. Do you like give a shit about that at all? Do you think they give a shit about that at all? Is that like a story whatsoever? 
it would be more of a story if Tom Brady had come out and said he was going to retire this year. Like mm-hmm. if this was it for Brady, he was going to retire and his first Super Bowl would have been against the Rams and his last Super Bowl would have been against his Rams against the Rams. I don't think it really matters. They've like switched cities. It's been 18 years. <laughs> like it's Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. I, I've been hearing a little bit of that throughout the week about like just like the I don't know like the full circleness of I it. guess but yeah yeah but that's why it like, would be if he was retiring but he's gonna keep playing so and he has said right 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 and so. it's literally different city different ownership mm-hmm. obviously different players Completely different coaches different team, literally yeah. the entire team yeah. wholesale has changed right. in every way imaginable except <laughs> yeah. for like their uniforms the, which did change oh, but well like, but they're wearing their throwback, right, they're wearing their throwback. Yeah, so like yeah I don't think there's any sort of bookendiness to it whatsoever no. I think more interesting is like the look at are McVeigh and Goff the new Brady Belichick? But see, that's what and they say you, about every. I that's know. what they said last week. Know, is but, Reed and fucking Mahomes. But are are you seeing like a new era? Like if they win, is that then the conversation? Yeah, yeah. If the Rams win, I, I mean. think that I think if the Rams win, much like the Super Bowl hype that you've seen so far, mm-hmm. I think if the Rams win, it will be less about Jared Goff and more about Sean McVeigh. Oh, yeah, people fucking are obsessed with him. Yeah, people are fucking all in on that dude. And I think, I mean, he's a good coach, sure. sure. Like, he's a he's a good coach, and he coached this team to, you know, last year they lost in the divisional round, I think, and that was his first year there, and now they're in the Super Bowl. So, like, good for him. He's, you know, he's doing his job. Right. But, yeah, I don't put any stock in that, in that thing. Another L.A. question. So, obviously, the, the NFL has bet big time on the city of Los Angeles as a football market moving two of their franchises yeah, there. they're not interested. Do you think that, like, <laughs> Basically, do you, like, do you think it's going to work out for the Rams? And obviously, the Super Bowl helps. Can't imagine it hurts. But like, do you think that like long term, like they will actually like take root in L.A. and it'll be like a like any other NFL franchise, which is a rabid fan base of dedicated followers? You know, the Rams. Yes, I think they have a chance. They've been good. They're young. They're exciting to watch. I think they have a chance to really like take hold. And yeah. they used to play in L.A., correct? Mm-hmm. So did the Chargers, though. Yeah. Different degrees of way back in the day. More recently, the the Rams were there. Yeah. And so I, I think they have a chance. I don't think the Chargers have a chance. Mm. Yeah, I think I think I agree. And I think the Super Bowl is going to be huge, to yeah. them, even if they lose, like similar right. to like the fucking Vegas Golden Knights last year, like first year of existence. There's a terrible track record of like expansion right. hockey teams in southern U.S. Mar- markets, like yeah. gaining traction in their you know in their markets and their fan bases. But like, boom, this team shot out of a cannon. There's a horrible, tragic event that also happens to happen in the city of yeah, uh, terrible, Las but, Vegas at right. the same time. So, like, that's, like, a galvanizing thing. And then, like, look, next thing you know, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, I think that, you know, there's a there's a whole shitload of people that never would have thought, like, two years ago that they would give a shit about hockey who right. are now, like, fucking fans. Golden Knights fans yeah. forever. Right. You know, like, that's the kind of thing that, like, well, gets you. Yeah, that's the thing. You. A cup, One good year can, like... Totally. You win a younger generation over. And I feel like LA is probably a great place to go see a football game. Like, I don't know about the stadium itself, but yeah. I mean, like from a weather perspective, if they can get somewhere that they have like room for tailgating, mm-hmm. like, you know, you could be outside oh, every yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, that's why they, that's half the reason why they fucking put them there. Right. Presumably. I, All right. So we got a call this week. Great. Little offbeat from the Super Bowl, but I think it's a relevant topic of discussion. Okay. Would you like to hear it? I would. Hi, it's Bill George from the Should I Go See It podcast. Uh, obviously, with the overtime rules being what they were, uh, the Patriots, we won by scoring a touchdown on the first drive. But I know Kansas City fans are disappointed that Mahomes never even got on the field. And I'm sure if the coin toss went the other way and it happened in reverse, we'd probably be upset that Brady never got a shot. 
He thinks that the NFL should look at its overtime rules again to consider either having both teams possess the ball regardless uh, or maybe just playing the additional 15-minute overtime in its entirety as if it's a, just an additional quarter of play. Or do you think the defense just needs to step up and do their job? Thanks. So we probably should have talked about this when we were still talking about the AFC championship game, but whatever, <laughs> let's go back. So NFL overtime rules are you flip the coin, first team that gets the ball. If they kick a field goal, the next team gets to, the other team gets to have a right, chance yeah. on offense. But if you score a touchdown, it's sudden death. Right. Any context that a touchdown is scored, the game ends at that moment. In 2010, they made it so that the field goal on the opening possession does not win the game. Right. Prior to that, it was flip a coin, first team that gets it. it if they were able to, it was first score wins, period. Right. Any permutation of scoring points. They made it so that it, the only context where it's not sudden death is the opening possession. If you kick a field goal, the next team gets to possess they the get ball. one possession. But the big criticism is anytime that a team fucking wins the coin flip and then wins the game and then like the star quarterback never gets a chance to put the ball in his hands. It's happened to Aaron Rodgers a bunch. Obviously, it happened to Pat Mahomes recently. So that's like the thing that people complain about when that does happen. Fortunately, Patriots fans in the playoffs, we are 3-0 and in coin flips. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Good we've stat. been to three overtimes. One was the snowball. Mm. One was the Atlanta Super Bowl. And one was the AFC Championship game last week. And we are lights out in the coin flip. And we've never, I mean, credit to the fucking Pats for fucking ending it right there. No right. bullshit. Like they've scored on all those opening drives and it was groovy. Yeah. So what do you think? Do they change it? Should they make it so that both teams get the opportunity to possess, possess the ball? No. I like the way it is. Fuck it. You should have won it in regulation. Like you had an opportunity. You both had 60 minutes to do it. I I get the idea that like a coin flip is just a random, you know, whatever, but then have your defense win. Yeah. The Saints won the coin flip in their game. And they didn't win. Right. Oh, sure. Because yeah. Breeze threw an interception and the Rams ended up scoring. So you have a chance. You both have an equal chance. Both sides of your team need to be able to perform in that sudden death format. Yeah. And I also... I, I generally agree with one caveat. I mean, I don't like the whole idea of like, well, what are you supposed to do? You never get a chance to touch the ball. It's like, you make it sound like it's impossible to prevent a team from scoring a touchdown right. on every possession. If that you were the case, every game. game would be like 60 to 50. Right. <laughs> if it was impossible for a team to not score a touchdown every time they possessed the ball. Like, you don't even need to have a lights out defense to simply prevent a touchdown. Right. That's all you got to do is right. no touchdowns. Right. I like the move away from like the, the field, field goal, goal thing. Yeah. can't win it. Because that was cheesy. All you right. had to do was go from the 20 to the, to you know, the opposing 40. Right. And then boom, and right. it's done. Like that was, I, th I think that's, that was like a really, really smart move. The Patriots had to move the ball down the entire field. The Chiefs defense was out there presumably for the entire thing. Yeah. So they had an opportunity to... Coach had three timeouts in his pocket Sure too. did. Didn't play any of them. <laughs> like you had an opportunity to stop them and you... You didn't, and they scored, and that's how it works. Yeah. And, like, I mean, if Mahomes got the ball first and the Patriots' defense couldn't stop them, I'd be like, the defense fucked up. Like, they couldn't stop them when it really counted. Yeah, yeah. My only problem is I think the NFL needs to figure out a way somehow yeah. to make the coin flip less important. Like, when, when, they, when Slater won the coin flip the other day, I was like, grateful to the point where you would have thought that we had already won the game. Like you need to make, and because the impact of getting the ball first, it gives, of course, it's it gives you the chance. That's massive. So like, I mean, same thing in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. I was like, Oh fuck. Thank God. Like that, that is a perfunctory thing. And it is just 
I mean, it used to be the single most important play of an NFL overtime who got the ball first with the field goal thing. And now it's less significant, but still really significant. The mm-hmm. team that gets the ball first arbitrarily based on a flip of a fucking coin has a big time advantage to win the fucking game. Well, how would you do it then? So I think that they should like, I don't want to bore people with like all these wacky fucking overtime possibilities. I think two things to start up. One, keep it the way it is for regular season. I don't want to fucking be here all night. Yeah, that's fine. Right. So whatever if you even want to make it first score wins in the regular season who gives a shit but in the playoffs like hockey does this like they have shootouts in the regular season they don't have shootouts in the playoffs like obviously the games mean more so you have to change the rules sometimes so this would be a playoff only format of overtime and overtime is really rare in the playoffs yeah that's the other thing uh it's it's been like strangely common in the last couple years ever since the atlanta i mean that that atlanta super bowl was the first one to ever go to fucking overtime anyways so i think they should have a separate set of rule for playoff overtimes and i do think that one with the league becoming more and more offensive that it's like you're it's a disservice to the team that happened to lose a coin flip because again who gets who possesses the ball first is not based on any sort of merit it's literally Random. A total 50-50 proposition. Matthew Slater, no one to pick heads every time. Right. And so, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just think that the the biggest play of an NFL overtime shouldn't be the coin flip. So whether that's playing a full 10-minute period, because then there's some strategy involved, right? Like, if the Patriots can take an eight-minute drive yeah. and score, like, that's something. Um, versus scoring on the first possession, like, that's, I, I don't know. So I think I think it would be, I think there should be some way to make it a little bit more equitable. In the playoffs. Yeah. Just so that that fucking coin flip isn't, like, a massive meaningful moment. Mm-hmm. You could also do one thing that uh I heard is just have the opening game coin flip determine. So if you choose to defer on the opening kickoff, you will you're you're also choosing to defer in overtime. Oh boy. I think that would be really interesting. So like there's oh. only one coin flip and like so it's like okay, you can take the ball now and get it if there is an overtime period or you can do the Belichick thing and defer on the opening kickoff, take it at halftime, but if there's overtime, you don't get the ball. Oh shit! Wouldn't that be fun? That would be stressful. Or not fun, but like little, just a little interesting. It like, puts a little more strategy into on the off chance that this game goes to overtime. Right. Like you're gonna want that ball first, right? Oh, so, geez, anyways, please. Um, I don't know. You could do something there. I'm not into any of these like feats of strength to determine. Some people have been saying like, do a do a hundred yard dash or something no, to figure stupid. out who gets the ball that's first, stupid. which would be insane. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I don't I don't like the idea of it being a timed period either. Um, simply because if you do score first, like, and then you have to play a full fifteen minutes, like that's not fair to your players that now have to play a whole extra quarter. Right. And like, you know, if you were to play a game again next week, that's right, right, right. That's why I'm cool with leaving it the way it is in the regular season. But yeah. in the playoffs, yeah, I would. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a timed. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have to put some sort of clock on it. But like, I wouldn't mind the idea of like both teams just should be able to possess the ball once. That's satisfactory for me. So if the Pats go down and score a touchdown, they have to kick off to the Chiefs. But if they stop them one time, right. you know, if they get them to go four and out, ball game. Like, Pat, you can no longer say that Pat Mahomes never got to possess the ball right. because he did. he did. All right. I don't know. Anyways, well, interesting thought. A lot of people have been pontificating yeah, about that because all over the place. they're feeling upset that yeah. the, Patriots the Patriots won, won. again. <laughs> the problem is it's like not just people in Kansas City that are mad about it now. It's everybody because everybody hates the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So last question on that. Do you think the Patriots are good villains? Like, do you think they're, do you think they like it? Do you think they embrace it? Do you think they're, and, and I mean, when I say the Patriots, I always mean the principals, Brady, Belichick, yeah. Gronk, Edelman, that kind of thing. Um, I think they like it more now. 
Yeah. I think that they have found a way to embrace it. It seems like they're embracing I, it more I, now than I they have I think when past. that whole deflate gate thing happened, Brady was really upset and he was very hurt about the way he was treated by the league and the way he was portrayed as this kind of like villainous character when he's been nothing but like a good character guy in the league, like done good PR, like been an upstanding citizen. Yeah, goes to China and promotes right. American football and all this shit. And I think that they walked into this year and said... Fuck it. Everyone wants to hate us. Fine. Fucking hate us. Mm-hmm. We're here for it. And just kind of we're like, great. We're the bad guys of the NFL. We're going to win. And, you know, kind of doing it now. Yeah. And I think the things like Brady saying, like, they think that we suck. They think we can't win a game. OK, let's see. Right. Like, well, nobody said that. Nobody said that. <laughs> Everybody d- doesn't like, think you suck, but they fucking hate your guts. Yeah, but like, I'm glad that you think that they said that. Go for it. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I think that they're just kind of like, Fine. You all want to root against us? That's cool. We don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, there's definitely an element of that this year more than there have been in previous years. I mean, to a certain extent, they don't have a choice because they are just hated by everybody. You look at those like heat maps or whatever of like what states are voting for who. Yeah. yeah. uh, Not voting. What states are rooting for who based on like Twitter polls or whatever. And it's just the entire country is rooting for whoever is playing the Pats. Like, you know, so to a certain extent, they don't have a choice, but like. I think that Tom Brady personally, like, I think he's got a little like LeBron in him where like he can be the villain. But I think he, if he had his, I think he'd prefer to be liked than hated. Yeah. You know, I think that's uh, most sure. people. Like, I think he's been his whole he's career not, like, trying he's, to. Like, he's not like Brad Marchand, right? Like he's not right, like, right, right. he doesn't really relish in being despised. Yeah. You know, like he, that's no. not who he is. He, he uses it to his like competitive advantage and he definitely has like a fuck you attitude like on the field and off in terms of just his like competitive like psychoness. But like, I don't think he like, Fully, fully embraces the like everybody yeah. hates my face. I don't think it's how he mapped his life out. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but I think, it, you know, they must have like just made the decision this year that like, let's not fight it. We might as well just go with it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, if, yeah. If that's the role that we're destined to play, then like, you know, they are kind of like fuck everybody. And it's actually a neat trick because it's like a little way to flip the like no one thinks we can win like underdog script because like these are grown men who are you know intelligent right. individuals right. in that locker room who they know they haven't been an underdog that they're in not underdogs in any given game yeah. but you can you can flip it again and say no one's rooting for us yeah. everybody thinks everybody, hates everybody us. wants you to lose everybody's rooting yeah. against you the Let's entire country all of their the days. entire league like you yeah. know Devonte adams at the pro bowl goes out of his way to fucking tackle the mascot of the yeah. new england patriots for no goddamn yeah. reason like that's your team everybody fucking hates you go t- tell them to fuck off you right. know like go shove it up their ass like that i think is like a great fucking yeah. motivator awesome. almost as strong as the underdog thing <laughs> which is entirely fabricated at yeah. this point I feel like Patriots fans are on board for it too. Totally. Like, fine. You can Again, like, no choice. Yeah. Do you ever like walk they, around fucking I don't know, anywhere in like Jersey or Philly oh or God. fucking Florida or literally no, anywhere, anywhere. Anywhere. I went to Seattle a few months ago with a Patriots sweatshirt. I got fucking crucified. I was like, dude, you should have fucking ran the ball. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but like, call Pete Carroll, not me. Yeah, I ain't got nothing it's to not say my on that. Fault. Yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't there. I didn't Anyways, win. Yeah. Uh all right. You got anything to anything to clean up for until we uh sign off here? No, I feel pretty clean. All right. Do you want to formalize your pick? Uh, Yeah, I'm going. I'm formally picking the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm also formally picking the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Got any good bets going? You said you just had money on the Pats I just overall. have money on the Pats. It was a wedding gift. So basically, it's free money mm-hmm. if they win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it at that. I don't want to ruin karma by voting against 
or betting voting against betting against <laughs> uh the patriots in any sort of way yeah i don't have any money on the game yet but i do plan on uh there's a bet out there for will there be a missed point after Ugh. i'm not gonna say which kicker is gonna do it <laughs> but i'm gonna take that bet i've been predicting that every week for the last two weeks since these games started to become important i'm gonna take a yes <laughs> affirmative there will be a missed point after Good. so i hope it's the rams kicker whoever he may be that, yeah the guy who throws the fucking touchdown passes when they fake it Oh, watch out for that. Greg oh. Zer- well, maybe that's the punter. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Um, all right. Well, hey, Melissa, the next time that we talk, it will be uh, post Super Bowl. We're either going to have our sixth ring here. Yeah. Or or depression. we're going to be fucking devastated. Yeah. Jubilation or devastation. Those are our two. That's the only two roads. Week. Talk we'll about divergent, divergent uh, timelines. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're coming up on another fork in the road here. Yep. Um, well, if you have any thoughts you want to share about it or any predictions you want to get in there before the game, you can always give us a call at 904-87-TT-POD. Um, leave us a message there. He crushed that one, Melissa. Uh, Thank you. you could also hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Pod. We will talk to you next week. Go Pats. <laughs>